creating great general managers is understanding how net profits actually obtained. Yes. If, if you don't have the fundamental understanding that you can make a lot of gross, but if it goes right out the back door because our expense structure isn't built to create net profit, then you really don't have a fundamental understanding of the business behind the 100%. business. Got to be a true leader. Mm-hmm. Got to understand the psychological makeup of employees. We're having a great awakening to the fact that this is over and the reality of getting our business more nimble and getting our business more process-oriented and measuring the metrics of operation more closely, we're all getting back to that. Welcome to the Matador Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of the Matador Buscast. Yes, I said buscast. I've done podcasts in planes, trains, automobiles, boats, but never on a bus. Today, I have an amazing guest with me. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Ed French. Ed, what's up, man? How you doing? Good morning. This is a cool bus, by the way. <laughs> it for is- those of you who need to, see, you all, you need to come see this bus. This is cool. <laughs> we like finding very unique places to do podcasts, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. It's kind of tight, but it's big. It's it's fun. Hey, uh, Ed, I love kicking off our podcast with a little origin story. A because. Uh, I'm always fascinated because I don't think anybody just wakes up one day and go, yeah, the automotive industry, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. So I'm curious, Ed, how did you get started in this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? Well, I didn't, I wasn't uh, predisposed to be in the car business, but uh, as I grew up, um, my my mother, who's 94, would has told me over the years that as a little boy, four or five years old, I used to know, be able to name makes and models of cars as they were driving down the road, which drove my dad and her completely crazy. Um, and my sister was just in complete avoidance. So um, as, as time went on, um, I was enamored with cars in general. Now, remember, I'm 69, so this was in the 50s and 60s. So Golden age of Yeah, cars. the golden age yes. of cars, right. Uh, so I became enamored with cars, and actually my next-door neighbor uh, was in the race car business. And so I began to, as a 10 or 11 year old kid, used to go with him to the races. And the next thing you know, I've got a race car and then I'm racing. And uh, then it turned into, well, maybe I can, uh, I need a, I need a job. So I ended up, uh, my automotive career started in the fixed operations. I was actually a technician at a uh, at at a retail car store uh to support my racing habit that's actually what it was for uh, <laughs> i've met a few techs yeah, that do that. yeah and then then as i was going to college and turned into a part-time job and then i got married and you know what happens to a race car when you get married and then uh uh through a series of of just really good lucky breaks i i was there, there you know Jason, it's interesting. Life is one of those things where two or three people in your life can change it completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were uh, a couple of people in my life, one of them a general manager at, a, at a, a franchise store, saw me, believed in me, kind of took me under his wing and um, 
said, you know, if you ever want to go further than just being a technician, I've got a plan for you. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm a service advisor, then I'm a parts manager, then I'm a parts and service director. And, um, you know, it just sort of progressed from there and ended up um, uh, moving into the variable side of things and then turning into where I was actually a a sales manager, a finance manager. I've actually sat in every chair in a retail car store over time and ended up with... uh, uh, couple of stores and then a partner in five and and uh uh it was it's just turned into just being a fabulous career i'm celebrating 50 years in the retail car business this year so um you know from a from a 10 or 11 year old kid at the racetrack to uh 69 years old and had a fabulous career in the in the retail car business it's really been good to me and uh at this stage in my life the the my plan is to give back. Um, so cool. What can I do to What can I do to put my arm around somebody and say if I can help you? So uh, that's essentially what my consulting business does. That's, so, that's uh, absolutely awesome. Yeah. I mean, what what a what what a lifelong career, you know? Yeah. You know, I was talking to um, Jim Ziegler the other day, and I was right. trying to think. There's only a handful of people I know that have that many years, right. like yourself, <laughs> yeah. of of experience in the business. Right. And people ask me a lot. I'm like, you know, you know what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be that. I want to be Ed or Jim. That's what I want to be. Right. I want, I want, like, and right. I, that is just really cool. The passion that you have and the commitment you have yep. for the industry. And I'm sure you feel very similar to the way I feel that this industry has given me and my family right such just an amazing an amazing life. Right. Um, opportunities that I don't think I would have ever had. Never. If I'd ever gone into mm-hmm. any other vertical. Right. Um, and I, I'm, I'm I'm with you. Giving it back. To, giving back to the industry. Um, you know, I think we have an amazing industry. I still think there's a lot that can be done in our industry Absolutely. to continue to make it better. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's, it's, it's in our blood. You can't yeah. get it out. Yeah. And it, it's, uh, you know, I, it, my wife tells me, you know, you should, you should have quit four or five years ago. And, and I said, well, so I can stay home with you and drive you crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's, um, you know, to your point, I think that, that my role and, and others that, that are in this stage of your life is what can I do to help prove that the industry is still uh, solid and still has people that mm-hmm. uh, have dreams that that need we need to help them f- get fulfilled. Yeah, uh, one of the things, and we're going to get into our topics. We have some great topics, okay? But you know, one of the things I love about this industry is that we just have everybody from every walk of life, right? Um, you know, we have everyone from every level of education right. to every level of background, right? Uh, from every different ethnic ethnic background, right. it's just it it is such a cool cool yep. industry. It's a know. it's it. I believe that it's the most opportunistic business that you could possibly get into. I agree. It 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 takes a lot of grit. Yes. Takes a lot of effort. And, you know, you have to really want to succeed. But if you have all those things, it's uh, it's the best possible industry you could be in. It is. It is. Yep. And we got some great topics. You had an amazing workshop the other day. I heard uh, people just saying very, very positive things uh, um, at it. So and and it seemed very actionable, which I love. You know, right. we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording today. You know, look, I, I love these conferences. I think they're amazing. Right. Um, you know, and 
but but as a dealer when i you know put my dealer principal hat back on i came here i came here to learn give me something right. actionable something i can take back something i can put in place to my operations going to positively affect you know either my bottom line or my profitability or my culture or my people or my process or technology right you know and i find sometimes they get a little fluffy but i heard <laughs> yours was not <laughs> well you know there's a lot of there's a lot of workshops that i've attended in the past where it was philosophical it wasn't necessarily actionable yeah and I told myself if I ever got the opportunity to present at NADA, I would present a workshop that anyone who attended could take back a half a dozen action items, implement them in the store, and see an immediate reaction lift to the positive. And I got that opportunity this year. Um, NADA actually reached out to me and asked me if I would do this workshop. Mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of 20 groups. And um, they had seen some of my 20 group presentations in education. And so they actually asked me, would you be willing to do more of an action item workshop? And, um, you know, it's interesting that we, we had a great turnout. And uh, several people came up to me afterwards and said, listen, Ed, this was great. You gave us, gave us things that I can email back to my store while I'm still here and actually see a lift uh, by the time I get back. So that was uh, pretty heartwarming. And uh, let's go over some of the uh, key takeaways, uh, because it sounded like there was just a ton of amazing content on there. And I know NAD will actually make this content available right. later on. So it's great. But let's what, what would you say uh, if you had to pick three? What were maybe the top three takeaways during that workshop? Well, the title of the workshop is is uh, a general managers as change agents and how to make your store more economic resilient. And I guess the, I'll, I'll start with the top takeaway. General managers have to be situationally aware. And when I mean situationally aware, think of it like this, Jason, think about your dealership as a plane and the passengers are all of your employees and the cargo is your inventory of both technician time parts, and new and used cars. Mm -hmm. And every day, that plane takes off. You know, all airports have a three-letter acronym, right? <laughs> you know, I live in Fort Myers. Our acronym is Regional Southwest. Yep. Um, every day, that plane is taking off from gross profit needed. It's taken off from the airport <laughs> called GPN. Yep. And it lands every day, every night, at N P O <laughs> net <laughs> profit that actually occurred. That actually occurred. Okay, now that's a new one. I've been in the business for a while, and our industry is very much so made up of three-letter acronyms, and I call them yeah. four-letter words. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But good point. You just taught me a couple yeah. of new three-letter acronyms yeah. that I am totally going to use. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Ed. But situational awareness from general managers um, and. How you become situationally aware is have a more disciplined work plan as a general manager. A lot mm -hmm. of general managers that I meet are firefighters. Mm -hmm. uh, they wake up, whatever happens, whatever's in front of them, that's what they do, and then they tackle the next fire and the next fire and the next fire. Well, if you don't have a disciplined daily work plan as a general manager, then and you don't have a daily or you don't have a weekly disciplined plan, then what ends up happening essentially is your store sort of runs at the level that you're willing to give it that day. In other words, it runs you, you don't run it. Yes. And so the second big takeaway was uh, the, the, the checklists and the things that you need to be 
stay on top of on a daily basis. Simple things like watch your store wake up. Mm-hmm. Get to your store before everybody else does and watch, look at how your store actually wakes up or comes to life. Um, like the, the, the second one is, you know, uh, MBWA. You know, you've got to manage by wandering around. You know, I, I, I told the audience yesterday, I said, if you ever hey, want to know what... Can I get that one more time? MBWA. MBWA. Manage by wandering around. Okay, guys, get out this of is your, one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. I love three-letter acronyms, and I'm learning so yeah. many right now. Guys. I got a few okay. more, but none of them are politically correct. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a lot of dealers, a lot, a lot of general managers go to their office and read reports and data all day. And, yeah. you know, data is a lovely thing. You know, in the 70s and 80s, we didn't have a lot of data. Now we got so much data that it paralyzes you. And... You know, I told the audience yesterday, I said, you know, you got to manage by one around. If you want to know what's going on in your dealership, go to the detail department. They know everything. <laughs> Those guys know the heartbeat of what's happening. Yep. But most general managers don't know their detailers. I also challenged the audience yesterday. I said, I just want you to imagine this, Jason. The, give, think about the, your top two technicians yep. in your store. Would we, can we all agree that those guys are valuable? Absolutely. You betcha. Now I want you to do, this is a test for you. What's their kids' names, and where did they go on their last vacation? If That's you don't one. know that, then you're not a true general manager, because that means you're not interested in, the, in your people as people. Well, and I see that definitely is the difference between uh, – it's called managers and leaders. Right. Because I, I do exactly. believe people can manage. Yep, absolutely. But then I think the next level of what you're talking about is is becoming a leader. Right. Now, I do think that some people, you know, say, no, look, I walked to my dealership. I right. walked around. I said, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Good right. morning. Good right. morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good yep. morning. But I think that's 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 communication in the sense of just checking out the proverbial box, That's correct. Right. Yep. What you're mm-hmm. talking about is actual connection. Yeah. What you're trying to do, what I what I encouraged the audience yesterday to do was let's get deeper into what makes up our people so that we can encourage them to do more. Yes. And productivity would be the third piece of the top three that you asked me to name. You know, what is your productive to support ratio? How much gross does each employee make? Um, what's your net per employee? Um, what are your benchmarks? Are you running your store? You know, Jason, we didn't have to run our stores against benchmark over the last 30 months. All you needed was the key to the front door. That's all you needed. And And, and a a finger to flip the light switch. That's it. That was it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, that what we've learned quickly is, is that we're coming back to earth. Yes. (laughs) And as we come back to earth, we've got to get ourselves back into the basics. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the biggest thing that I hear at this convention this year is I got to get back to basics. I got to get my salespeople doing the process. I got to get my F and I managers doing a better job. I got to get my service advisors back to reality. I I, got to be honest. I actually, that it makes me a little fearful when I hear that. I cringe a little bit when I hear that, right? Because my, my first thought is, which basics are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like basics, early two thousands, um, or, or basics ba- where because the, the look bottom line fundamentally the consumers changed. Right. The right. industries changed. They have gotten accustomed to um, 
Amazon packages showing up out their front door right. whenever they want. Right. All right. They, they've got accustomed to not having a selling process. Right. All right. They've got accustomed to having buying choices. Right. And I don't think you can take that away from the, them. The basics in my mind is what is the employee engagement with the consumer and what's the experience that comes from that? Mm-hmm. And the basics are also, are we are we just busy or are we creating profitability? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of busy work that happened over the last couple of years, um, but it, and it created profit. The unfortunate thing is, is that same busy work isn't going to create the same amount of profit going forward. No. And honestly, I know this might sound bad. I'm actually totally comfortable with it. Yeah, I'm happier about it, This, frankly. You know, because yeah. I think, and I remember this, you know, remember back in 08, we had this happen too, right? Right. Where we kind of had, I would call it maybe like a, an operational reset. We sure did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, we sure where did. We just, we saw, it was a reset. That's what it yep. was, all right? Yep. You saw who were the true operators and who yep. were the ones that really just relied on their brand and that the right. brand name, and that's how they kind of got by. Right. And I... I don't think it's going to be as fast or quick or swift as what we saw back right. in 08. Right. Um, but it's going to happen. The bits and right. pieces. I mean, I'm looking at some of the people's inventories and I'm seeing what they have invested in some of these right. inventories, uh, these used inventories in a lot. And I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, it, you're going to be tested pretty quick if you're yeah. a real operator or not. Yeah, I've actually lived through three of those. Um <laughs> So that just tells you how long I've been around. Um, but That's why I love having yeah, you on the podcast. The, the, the seventy, the, you know, the 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 era of seventy nine to eighty two, when prime interest rate was twenty one percent, and there were dealers falling by the wayside every day. Think, just think about that. Prime interest yes, yes, yeah, was twenty one. Can everyone out there watching, listening, yeah. just take a moment? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I look. I understand the average new hire right now has less than a year right. of the business. Yeah. Okay, so just real quick, interest rates were twenty one. Percent, that was prime, 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 prime rate. Yeah, I remember Jason when, and I happened to be uh, general manager of a Pontiac store in 1981, uh, and I remember the day, never forget it, when GMAC. You guys won't remember that either. Uh, GMAC actually introduced 14.99 percent. On what? the on the Pontiac Phoenix hot dog, and the showroom <laughs> was a buzz with with people clamoring to get a Pontiac Phoenix for fourteen point nine nine percent interest rates. It was it, so that was the first one I lived through, and then obviously the to to your point earlier the the oh eight oh nine economic recession that we had, which took you know in one day it swept seven hundred eighty three Chrysler dealers right out of the right off the face of the earth. The GM um, dealership I was working at at the time yeah. was included into yeah. that big list. Of yeah, stuff. Yep. yep, lost all the Pontiac stores. Yep. Um, lost all the Saturn stores, mm-hmm. and w- what it did was it woke the industry up to the f- to a couple of facts. One, we were over-dealered, and two, that at any moment, your business can literally change in a heartbeat, and you'd better be nimble enough to be able to pivot. And that's one thing I will say about dealers. They're, they're pretty resilient, Yes, um, but... Over this last 30 months of where we've enjoyed records that we'll probably never, ever get back to. 100%. 
Um, Enjoy it. Had fun. Yeah, I mean, it, boy. It was yeah. great, wasn't it? it was hope awesome. you didn't spend all of it. Yes. Um, but Hope you reinvested some of it in your people. What I would submit to you, Jason, is this. We became less nimble during that period of time. Yes. And so when I say back to basics, what I'm really saying is we're, we're having a great awakening to the fact that this is over and the reality of getting our business more nimble and getting our business more process-oriented and measuring the metrics of operation more closely, we're all getting back to that. Well, and, 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 and that's and, what I just worked with the, with the audience yesterday in my and, workshop. And going through kind of the, the – well, the key statement even in the title of your workshop is – general manager and agent of change right you know i have i've had the opportunity to i've had the opportunity to interview some amazing operators i mean right. some truly truly amazing operators right um and i've had the opportunity to consult for hundreds of dealerships across the country right and i gotta admit um i definitely met some general managers that i don't know if they can necessarily read a PL back right. to me i mean no some yeah. are great some so are don't great. get me wrong yep. but yep. then i'm some are just like you do know, wait, your absorption, how, you, you right. can't, right? Wait a minute, you don't? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jason, a lot of them were battlefield promoted. You know, yes, we fired Jim, like you're up. Yes. And, you know, they might have been a great finance manager. They might have been a great sales manager. Uh, even some of them have come from fixed backgrounds. Yes. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't make them a general manager. Even though there are some general manager, quote, schools, mm -hmm. um, generally they learn by doing the job. And yes. the unfortunate thing is, is that they, if you're not given that foundation, and one of the things that I do in my consulting business is I work with general managers. I have what's called a general manager's boot camp, where we actually put them through the very basics of how profit is actually made. What are the things that you need to be looking at? Uh, what are the principles of dissecting a financial statement? There's the numbers behind the numbers or the, what I call the business behind the business. Yes. So, you know, I think that what you've just mentioned with folks that may not know is to not to their fault. Um, they, well, actually, I actually they, think it's the owner's issue. Exactly. And, they, and, and I hate yeah. to say it. I hate to yeah. say it. Um, look, because I, I there, there's amazing owners out there, and I love and I love right. so much. But there are some owners that I think even intentionally keep some levels of some this of that. In the dark. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of mushrooms going on out there. Yeah. <laughs> you have yeah. like uh, this whole podcast is just like one liners. This yeah. Is like that, the well, best yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'll end up with a second career. This is awesome. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. awesome. Okay. Well, let's talk about you know what it takes because I think that there's a, a fair amount of audience out there. You know, we have a lot of sales managers, we have a lot of finance managers, a lot of service managers that listen right. to the podcast. All right. And that is one of their career goals. Sure. Yeah. And I would love to hear from someone with your kind of experience and background. All right. You know, what does it take to be a real general manager these days? Got to be a true leader. Mm -hmm. Got to understand the psychological makeup of employees. Um, and you really have to, and I, I just mentioned it, you have to understand the business behind the business. Um, it's more than just gross. Mm hmm. Um, it's a balance of how gross is made, how it fits into an expense structure, and how net profit is actually obtained. And when I say we're landing at NPO, that net profit is, that's the measuring stick. Um, and I think a lot of sales managers, because they're comp plans, Jason, yes. are focused on gross, not net. I think that's a shame, don't you? I do. I, I actually encourage dealers to 
really look at departmental net at becoming the measuring stick for a great manager. 100%. Because it's a business then, as I, opposed I, I to just a, uh, sales management. I, I, absolutely. I met a, uh, a dealer the other day, and you, I think you'd really appreciate this this pay plan or this model that they built, and I thought it was great, is they actually kind of took it even one step farther. And on uh, they actually maintain separate P&Ls for each department. Right. And the department is needs to be profitable on its own. Right. The, now, the administrative part is kind of per, from a percentage perspective and a right. square footage perspective equally shared among sure. among them, right? Because, you know, if you just had your administration, well, they don't produce right. anything. There'd just right. be a couple hundred thousand dollars of just nothing, right? Um, but so, but so like, the FNI department had its own p Right. The parts department had its own p Service yep. department, yep. the sales department, the used car department, and each of those department managers were paid on the net. Right. And I just thought like... That's, that's, that's the next smart. step of yeah. creating great general managers is understanding how net profits actually obtained. Yes. If, if you don't have the fundamental understanding that you can make a lot of gross, but if it goes right out the back door because our expense structure isn't built to create net profit, then you really don't have a fundamental understanding of the business behind the 100%. business. 100%. And it's super yeah. easy to come to a show like this uh, when you're not responsible for those expenses and the right. net profit of it and go, yeah, I'll take that widget. Yeah. Uh, I'll take yeah. that one. Yeah. And okay, give me two of those, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, Ed, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our conversation, our time right. today. Uh, this has been such a great Thank conversation. You. And uh, thanks for having I, I'm, me. I'm sure there'll be many uh, more conversations to come. But before I let you go, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now who would love to connect with you and sure. learn a bit more about you and can maybe follow along with your journey. What's the best way to connect with you? Well, I um, I have a website. It's edfrenchauto.com. Um, and the name of my company is Auto Profit. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me easy on through Auto Profit. Um, and that's probably you can you can take a, you can email me autoprofitllc at gmail.com. Awesome. Ed, thanks, man, so Thank much. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Matador Podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Be sure to check out the full podcast library at matador.ai to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe.